All right. All right. My name is Vero. My name is Heidi. And welcome to Let's Boop Snoots. Let's Boop Snoots. One of these days I'm going to record like our own jingle. It's, it, yeah. will happen, it will happen one day. Like our own jingle as in... As in, uh, let's boop snoots, who's booping snoots? Heidi and Vero are booping snoots. <laughs> <laughs> That's just a rough, like, don't worry, I'm going to build on that. That's just a rough start. Copyright. You know, Copyrights. Just, the, just the, <laughs> letting the creative juices flow here. Yeah. Rough start, Ooh. but uh, we'll, we'll build on it for sure. Yes. Mm-hmm. So today, we are going to give you guys some doggy news. So what's been going on in the doggy world? So me and Heidi have both picked um, something that has been recently showed on the news and we're going to chat about it. And then we're also going to talk about uh, different organizations such as uh, dog rescues or businesses that support dogs in um, different kinds of ways. So and we found some very cool ones. Shall I start? Yes, you shall. Do you want me to start? Yeah, you go. So this story... Uh, was aired on CBC News. It showed a months-long investigation related to imported puppies from the Ukraine. Mm. So apparently there's weekly planes that land in Toronto Pearson Airport with hundreds of puppies imported from the Ukraine. So the story started uh, with a new dog owner who had some suspicions about where his puppy was from. So I don't know like why he was suspicious all of a sudden. I know at the end of the uh, the video, they actually visit the seller of that guy's puppy. And she did show vaccination records, but on the vaccination records, it does say uh, that they were done in the Ukraine. So I don't know if it's something that he saw afterwards and then started asking himself some questions. Uh, but anyways, he paid 3500 for his puppy. It's a French bulldog that he found on Kijiji. So yes, he was told uh, the records show that his puppy was vaccinated at five weeks old, which is like very young for first vaccinations. And if you, they searched up listings in the Ukraine for puppies and there's apparently dozens of listings from puppy mills selling puppies uh, to Canadians. And then they show a video of puppies that are just like there in crates in bad conditions that are just there for breeding. So it's oh, really sad. That's so gross. Yeah. So that, that and you actually... know, like they sell to people that don't know better, right? Well, exactly. Kijiji is a sketchy place to get an animal. You know, unless yeah. it's like, uh, like, well, I don't want to like discriminate against like, you know, different types of animals. So I would say if like you're getting like rats or mice or something like that, I mean, like every animal deserves to be treated well. Correct. But, but um, Kijiji can be a can be a sketchy place. So yeah, buyers beware. This particular person, his I think his father had just passed away. So he was feeling lonely and started looking for a puppy. And the next day, like, he brought home a puppy. Mm. So, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I have mixed feelings. I mean, these puppies are born and they need good homes. But then you're also contributing to, like, to, the imported the... puppies and puppy mills. Well, exactly. So... Um, I was going to say, Matt's uh, uncle, who is a very well-to-do man, um, his family purchased a dog once off of the internet. And I'm not sure whether it was, like, Kijiji or some site that they found. Like, I don't know. But uh, so they purchased a puppy. I can't even remember what kind of dog it was. And then within the first three months, it was like they found numerous health issues, spent thousands mm -hmm. of dollars like at the vet. And then when they went back, like to, to ask where the dog was from and go to this place, they wouldn't let them in. And so um, Matt's uncle has a plane and flew over where they were. And it was just like this massive, like sketchy looking like a junkyard wow. type thing. And you could see like thousands of dogs running around and stuff like that and they reported them and it was like a yeah a massive puppy mill and I think wow. eventually they got investigated and shut down or whatever because I'm sure there was numerous complaints but I bet yeah the puppy mill oh, that's so me sad so, I know it makes me so sad it's so gross like it's yeah it's like you want to I I get I get the 
people want a dog, right? They want a companion They and mm-hmm. they want to do it on the cheap, right? Um, so places like Kijiji or like your local like newspaper listings or whatever are a good place to go. But then again, like it ends up being more costly to you depending on how yes, it all goes down. because they have down. so many health issues. Yeah. Bring that puppy to the vet. So I remember, I and that's all I have to say. <laughs> when I was younger, still living with my parents, we did get a puppy from a pet store and he ended up having parvo. We had to put him down. We only had him for like a few days. Yeah. And that's, and I think that's a huge reason why they stopped the pet store, like selling event. Like I remember every time we went to the mall, I would run to the pet store because I wanted to see the kittens and the puppies and like all the different things. And they'd always have that area where they would take a puppy out to like run around, like literally, like it was like, what, like three feet by four feet (laughs) for them to like... And um, you'd go and look and tap on the glass and everything. And like, you know, in hindsight now, um, again, just like the whole culture, I think, around dogs and animals has changed, right? And um, to more humane conditions and such. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So CBC actually went undercover with a professional dog handler at the airport. And they saw a flight. So this dog handler saw a flight the week before with 500 puppies oh on the god. plane. Oh my god. They were all crammed. There's like pictures of them and there's about like 40 deaths and you they're like just dumped in garbage bags at the airport in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, so while they were there, there's a flight that lands and there's puppies that are taken out. These dogs are left on the cargo ramp and it's like this hot summer day. Oh. Whoever was doing the video, it was like 37 degrees outside. So anyways, later in the day, you see like the plane lands and it's like nice and bright and sunny outside. And then the sellers arrive and it's like dark. So they've been there for a while. Oh. And all they do is that like they hand their permits and then they go through customs, which is like a joke, apparently, as long as like the dogs are alive, they pass customs. And then you can see at the end, like they're just putting like a bunch of crates into their their vehicle and they drive away so these people are then posting these puppies on kijiji for like a ridiculous price i know some puppies on kijiji are cheaper yeah um but like this guy got his french bulldog for thirty five hundred dollars what yes yeah so apparently customs like there's no requirements and the government has no requirements for testing for like diseases that can be brought in Oh my so, god. So like there's nothing stop there's like nothing stopping this. And um apparently it's the Canadian Food Inspection Agency that's like responsible for all this. And they were asked like how many puppies are actually brought in like imported mm-hmm. like every day or every year and they said that they didn't know they couldn't provide uh those numbers because only hard copies of this like request exist and they can't retrieve them retrieve them safely because of covid right now so they can't even provide numbers and i don't even think oh my god i don't even think they would yeah that's terrible Mm -hmm. who sets this up like how are how do they hook up with someone in the ukraine as like guess what ship me like a thousand puppies like yeah you know what i mean like i don't understand how this even begins like who sets up these relationships where you're doing like the sketchy business and like totally like swindling people i mean i'm sure there's like i'm sure there's a ton of cases where the dogs are fine and then they're taken care of but even like you said that the the whole business of transporting them is brutal like being yeah. left out on a tarmac for like hours in like sweltering like weather. Yeah. yeah. And that, and I'm sure that they die in transit. And like you said, there's like garbage bags full of like dead dogs, like even at the airport, I bet you. That's crazy. Yeah. That's so crazy. Ugh. Especially when you, when you think of the paperwork that's involved, if you like, let's say I were to move to Europe and now I wanted to bring my dogs with me, like the amount of paperwork and all this sort of stuff that you would need to do that. Like, it makes no sense yet criminals like even like crossing the border in your vehicle if you're going to the states yep you need all sorts of papers documents for your dog it's just nuts um so anyways the this guy who bought this french bulldog just felt like he was he deserved answers 
from the system like how is this happening like mm -hmm. and it's a canadian food inspection agency um, like i said are responsible for that and their answer was that as the buyer you should be asking like all these key questions so that was their answer oh my god because if you're visiting so here like some signs that you're not visiting like a reputable breeder mm -hmm. So first of all, a reputable breeder would probably ask you to send in an application for a puppy. Yep. And then you'd meet up with them and they should be asking you important questions. There's like in the video, they're visiting this litter and <laughs> this guy is just like, oh, do you have a dog? And they answer, oh yeah, I have like a, a standard poodle or something like that. They're like, oh, which color? <laughs> Instead of like, oh, does he like do well with other dogs and like important questions. Yeah. And the mom is not on site. So that's another sign that you're not actually visiting a breeder. Yeah. And they meet this lady in a parking lot with the yeah. puppy. Yep. So you should actually be able to go to the facility where the puppies are bred. The mom should be there. Uh, yep. You should have filled in an application. They ask you important questions to make sure that these puppies are going to a good home. Yeah. So finally, in July 2020, uh, the Canadian Food Inspection Agency uh, has banned puppies that are less than eight months of age from the Ukraine. So that's pretty much all they've done to fix this, fix this issue. Ugh. So, yeah. That's... So hopefully, I don't know what's going to happen in the future, but disturbing. Mm hmm. I I think that at the end of the day, the problem is is that it's it's not. There's no. At like the, <laughs> I'm trying to organize my thought process here, and <laughs> unless there's money involved, it's you're hard pressed to find people to to um, create change or make you know, you know make change for the better. And at the end of the day, it's not anybody's worthwhile to like super um, challenge like these laws and for better laws and better rules around the whole thing. It's the same thing with the pet food industry, right? Yeah. Why would you do a study on dog food if you're making a million dollars like a day yeah. on it? <laughs> so it's the same kind of thing. Like animals, as much as we love them and they're important to you and I, even like I wouldn't be able to pursue a lawsuit against someone like over my dog right now. I don't have the financial means to do that because yeah. when you, as soon as you get into legal business, it's it's money, 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 money. Cha-ching. 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 All right. Is it my turn? Yes. So my... Oh, wait. I have to do my oh. exit. Okay. My exit. And this is Vero from LBS News, Ottawa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. I'll have to come up with something good there. So the article um, that I found this week in this week's news um was a woman from calgary so here's the situation so this woman is a first responder she um unfortunately had some ptsd involving her work and was looking out for uh was looking for a therapeutic um animal to help her with her ptsd issues so she went to a breeder and I'm not sure if you guys have heard of this, but I did recently when my sister went to get her dog is some breeders will enter a relationship with someone where, and it's called a, like a guardianship. So for a way decreased price, they will give you one of their bred dogs, but they want the breeding rights on them. So you have to right. agree that what for the next four of like years that they can breed. So they take the dog back, they breed her, and then you get the dog back once mm -hmm. that breeding is done. And then the next year they take the dog in again. And it's like this back and forth that happens. So what happened with these peeps is that they did not like sign an agreement of any kind. Like they sort of texted and were willy nilly about it, like back and forth. And um, now this woman who needs her PTSD therapy dog um, can't have her. Like the breeder wants the dog back and it's turned into this big legal nightmare and they're pursuing each Aww. other legally. And this woman is just super upset. That's all there is to say about it. They just like the the, the whole point of this article 
article, I think, is to shine the light on the whole guardianship like deal that some breeders make with people. And yeah, that's what happens. I would say if you're going to enter a deal like that. So when my sister went to get her corgi, the breeder made the same. She wanted one like, you know, in, in a pretty short time frame because she was getting it for my nephew for Christmas. And so she was trying to find different people who had puppies going like around that time frame. And mm-hmm. this one breeder in our city offered her, he said, I could give you this dog and we would do this like sort of like, and, but, and my sister wasn't willing to do that because she didn't think she could give the dog back and thought that that might be yeah. confusing and like hard on my nephew. Cause the whole point was, you know, buying a friend for my nephew. <laughs> so yeah. to like give it back for long, prolonged periods of time, she thought would be like, she's like, I don't know if I could do that. And I don't know if I could do that even but I don't know it it might be a nice arrangement for some people who you know like if you were like a couple and you wanted a dog and like when you gave it back to breed depending on what the time frames were around everything that would be a nice opportunity to go like on a vacation or whatever where you don't Mm -hmm. need to be worried about you know who's going to watch your dog and stuff like that I would say it's a worthwhile if you're able to do it but um make sure that both of you are crystal clear on what the agreement is and that things are signed at the end of the day. Yeah, something right? official. Mm-hmm. So now they're just kind of battle- battling it out. Yes. Ooh. And, that and stressful. And that's the thing too, is that like um, when you, I think we mentioned this on a previous episode, um, dogs are sort of viewed as property. And when you go to court it's all, like I said, it's all about the money and it's all about the value placed on things. So they're going to put a price value like on the dog. It's going to end up in being about money at the end of the day. I don't know if any of you guys have ever been to court, but that's at the end of the day, that's what it's about. What are you, what are you willing to pay? Like, what are you and finding a compromise? And when you're talking about dogs in the, the grand scheme of things, it's not a lot of money. Like you said, like even $3,500, like if this guy bought a puppy or whatever to go Mm -hmm. to court over all of this, you're going to spend more on your lawyer than it was to get the dog. So it's, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's why I think this industry has a lot of, as soon as you get into legal stuff, there's not a whole lot of hope involved, I would say. No. So after these two depressing articles... Let's look at the let's look at the hope, the more shine the light of hope onto these other organizations that yes. give hope to <laughs> to others. Give um, these doggies a second chance. Yes. Aww. Yes. Oh, there's my dogs barking. I don't know if you can hear them. Woo, woo, woo. There must be somebody mm-hmm. going to the park. Squirrel. Squirrel. Um, all right. Would you like me to kick her off? Sure. All right. So There's an organization outside of the city that we live in, Ottawa, Ontario, and they are called Big Sky Ranch. So these people um, started this place as a hobby farm in 2002, and then it became this safe haven for people um, to drop animals off. So they take everything, and up to this date... The ranch has helped over 3,500 domestic animals of all kinds and sizes achieve a happy outcome through its rehabilitation and adoption programs. So they take horses, cows, goats, donkeys, llamas, sheep, cats, dogs, rabbits, pigs, emus, peacocks, and a variety of domestic fowl. Um, And this is a quote from the founder of this organization. We believe that all animals deserve a second chance without a time limit. So... um, they Aww. they are impressive because like like I said they started off as this tiny little hobby farm and now he's created like this massive space and um he has currently I think 125 animals at a sanctuary and they they get a lot of media like in our city like and you you hear about them a lot they're involved a lot with like um you know, the local media and stuff, they host a lot of events. Of course, COVID is definitely a different time for them, but they used to do the whole goat yoga program and Hmm. they don't. So when you go to visit their facility, there's not even like a charge to go in. They ask you to donate what you can, which I think is like a lovely gesture too. So great. 
but they do they do like summer camps for kids they do like you can do on tour you can go on tours of their facility you can sponsor animals like through through their website you can oh they're just they're I'm just looking at them right now yeah exactly like you can volunteer there if you'd like um i yes, i've please <laughs> i've always wanted to go and visit their facility and just didn't have enough time and stuff like that but i think as soon as you know we like we, we all have i'm sure we all have big lists of when covid is over <laughs> i am going definitely to. <laughs> we are going yeah I, I would like to go i'm bringing sure. a big bag and i'm gonna put some puppies in it <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna leave there with like three dogs and a goat <laughs> yeah i was gonna say i'm i may take like you know uh, an emu with me <laughs> yes they're cute <laughs> oh my goodness but anyways yeah uh, they have um that's great i think that they're awesome huge fan of big sky ranch peeps have a look-see a look-see all right what you got all right i'm gonna continue with um an organization that i've talked talked about before uh golden rescue canada so they've been around for about 30 years well for 30 years now uh, and I've spoken about their rescue missions. So they're called Rescue Missions of Love. So they go to uh, different locations around the world. I think they've been to two so far, their latest being Egypt, Cairo. And they bring Goldens from over there. So they have relationships with people over there that organize all of this. Uh, they make sure that the dogs are healthy. Uh, vets have looked at them before they're brought over. And apparently it costs, and this is on their website, $1,700 to put one golden retriever through this program. So it costs a lot of money. I know they've brought over 24 golden retrievers not too long ago, and they're on their way to bringing another 20-something, I believe. Uh, so, yeah, so ways that you can help this organization that um, you, you can see this on their website, that things that I've actually never thought about. One is called plan giving. So you can actually put them in your will. What? Yeah. That's pretty so cool. So that once you pass away, um, you can donate some of your money or maybe things to them that they could use. Uh, you could sponsor them or sponsor an event. You can donate a car. Oh. So this organization, they have a silent, well, it was silent auction this year. I don't know if it's silent auction every year, but because it was done virtually, but they have an annual auction where they sell these cars or they recycle them. So if you go to donate a car Canada, um, they actually look after all the details to make it super easy. And I, I don't think it's just cars. I think you can donate motorcycles too. Cool. And one that I thought was pretty cool was donate your reward points. Oh. So you can donate like your Aeroplan, your CIBC reward points, Scotia rewards, and Van City rewards. I think that's in Vancouver. So they redeem these points as gift certificates. Um, and they use them for fundraising or to buy stuff for their silent auctions. They've got somebody really creative working on their team. <clears throat> yes. Because fundraising can be hard. And I'm sure it's the same for like every city that you live in. But there's always like these like giant charities that get like all the money from people. Um, one of the, the and, and it's not saying that they're more worthy or anything like that. Like people have different causes that they support and stuff like that. But sometimes it's as a fundraising company, it is hard to compete with like the giants, you know, like in our yeah. city, it's Chio is a huge one and makes it hard for smaller organizations and stuff like that to compete with the fundraising involved because who, who you can't compete with donating to like, you know, sick children, right? <laughs> like yeah. that is, that is a worthy cause. Mm -hmm. But anyway, so sometimes I find like in smaller organizations, you really have to creatively come up with ways to, to fundraise. And that's, those are like really smart options that like I haven't they heard are. of before. And yeah. they definitely have some creative people on their team because even like their social media, I find social media now is such a big thing mm -hmm. and your presence, yep. how big your presence is matters so much. So they definitely have somebody creative at that end also. Mm -hmm. 
because they're like always posting stuff and it's creative and they have like these, I can't remember what they're called, but they're, it's like good night stories. Mm-hmm. So it's people that have adopted some of their goldens mm-hmm. and they tell like this story at night and it's in their stories, like their Instagram stories and Twitter. Oh, that's so, so cute. It's, it's like really cute. Oh, I like it. Mm-hmm. So that's my one organization. That's your organization. And Golden Rescue. <clears throat> The, the next one that I'm going to talk about, it's also an Ottawa-based one, and it's where I got Becky from, so that's why I decided to choose them. <clears throat> They're called the Bytown Association for Rescued Canines, which, if you think about that, it spells out BARK. They're called BARK. <laughs> BARK. Bytown Association for Rescued Canines. So um, what I found very cool about them is that, yes, they are a rescue, but they go past the the rescue they they do more of a preventative thing so even on like their website is not like um i i don't want to diss them or anything like that but i think their website needs a little bit of work it's a little bit busy but there's a lot of like excellent information in there so they have this um uh they try to help people so that they prevent surrendering like of animals like in their and their dogs so there's this one page here and it's called what we do and it's all these helpful tips or like what to do if you're in these situations so if you find a stray dog and it tell and then it gives mm. you a list of what to do if you think a dog is being mistreated here's where what you can do and organizations that you can reach out to if you have a dog you can't keep you know and then it says that what happens uh, and then it talks about what they do what happens when we rescue a dog so they're very clear on the fact that they like to keep their valuable foster homes for dogs that literally have nowhere to go like strays and like ones that are out on the streets and stuff like that so they have a lot of support in place for if you're having a hard time with your dog and you're getting ready to surrender because you're just having issues that you can't deal with they they come and educate and try to help you work through those issues so that you can actually keep your dog which i think yeah i think that's very amazing yeah it is so and again like and they have stories on their website it's called happily ever after and uh, they show pictures of the dogs that were adopted and and all these things like beautiful photos and stories about their forever homes and that kind of stuff. They have a place where you can volunteer, of course. They have a place where you can donate. They have um, different events where you can participate. They have a newsletter. And, um, of course, they have, like, if you want to foster, you can apply to be a foster. And then they have their adoption site. Which right now they have no no fosters up, but they have a sign here that says that we are waiting for 15 dogs from South Korea. Wow. So I think they take a lot of dogs in that come from these places where they uh, rescue a ton, a ton of dogos. So, wow. Um, so my experience with Bark was amazing. And again, like, um, you know, we talk about going on Kijiji and finding the cheap option and stuff like that. Um, and I, I just find that they're very like radically honest on their website about their information. So right here, like when, as soon as, so the, the part where you click to look at their, uh, adoptions is called how much is that doggy in the window? Oh yeah. And when you click on that, it says, like, many people question the cost of adopting a dog. So they charge $400 for a dog. And they, I'm not kidding you. This is like I'm quoting their website. As a registered charity, we are not supposed to make money. And we certainly do not. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, people are like, you know, why, am I, why does it cost $400? Like, but, but these are people who are in out of the goodness of their hearts are taking like you know rescue dogs into their homes to try to until they can be adopted and there's cost involved with that like you there's dog food there's vet bills there's you know Mm -hmm. a variety of different things and and they sort of like um talk about that very very clearly so they said uh, it's money well spent (laughs) (laughs) and that they are in fact a registered charity and that it's not like they're you know they're trying to swindle you for your cash they they have operations to run and it's costly so that's another thing i like about their website is they're brutally honest about it all like they're just like you know which is good yes i think so and and when we got becky from them it honestly was like it it is a very 
uh, and I mentioned this before, an honest description of how the dog is. So you know exactly what you're getting into. No surprises. No surprises. So that's good. Now, do you have an or- another organization? I do. Okay. So my next one is called Eastern Ontario Potcake Rescue. Mm-hmm. So I like this one because not a lot of people know what potcakes are. Do you know what a pot cake is? I do not. You do not? So it's all these stray dogs in the Caribbean islands. Oh, yes. Yes. So why the name pot cake? So I'm going to talk a little bit about the name and the air quotes breed. Yep. <laughs> um, so yeah, so these are local stray dogs. Local stray dogs. Feral stray dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Some of them. Um, in the Caribbean islands. And the name comes from uh, the locals used to feed the remains of the cooking, uh, like in the pots, mm-hmm. from a dish called rice and peas. So they would feed that to the dogs. So it's like caked on at the bottom of the pots. Mm-hmm. So they call them pot cakes. Aww. So these dogs are medium sized. And they're just like a mix of breeds, right? They're like, they, they say on their website, they're mystery mutts. So these dogs are very different than your like happy-go-lucky kind of dog that you mostly see in Canada uh, because they live on the streets. Yep. So they have strong survival skills. Um, they've learned to avoid humans mm-hmm. because humans... Or usually don't kick... care much for them out well, there or they don't treat them very well. Well, exactly. They're kicking them out of the way because it's like, oh, well, I've got a story for you after this. <laughs> so even if you're getting like a puppy, a puppy pot cake, and you think, you know, it's a puppy, like they haven't learned all these behaviors yet. These behaviors are like ingrained in their DNA. Mm-hmm. So it takes a lot of dedication and a lot of patience a lot of training to train these dogs. However, uh, apparently they're very intelligent, they're cuddly, but they're not that like happy kind of go lucky kind of. No, it takes time. At least at first. Yeah. So when you get a pot cake, there's actually a good article on there. If you go um, on their website and go it in a what is a pot cake at the bottom of that, there's an article uh, and it's a really good description of what a pot cake is and their behavior behavior and personalities so yeah so they have like high prey drive they don't trust humans at first at least so when you do get a pot cake in your home the first thing that you need to do is not like train them really hard Mm -mm. you have to give them some time to like decompress Mm -hmm. and create this bond create a relationship and then you can start training I was going to say it's almost like a rescue, like a really difficult rescue where it's like this is going to take time to develop the trust and the relationship that you guys are going to build together. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's like the one where they come and they sleep for the first three days because there's no there's no like they need to adjust to the fact that they're not needing to survive anything anymore. And and then it's like, okay, this human, like, so you can't force like treats on them or force them to do anything that you want. Like you're not, you're just not going to And treats might not even work. No. Because it's not something that they're used to. Exactly. And you like, some people might think that like, oh, they're getting like a much better life now. So why are they not like excited and all that? But that's not, not how it works no it takes time it, t- it takes mm-hmm. a lot of time and they are they're like they're they're wild but not like not in the instinctive like natural way it's like in a there's they're street dogs <laughs> like they, they yeah. are they're they're feral yeah yeah and uh they do accept donations like not they don't only accept money but you can give items such as like crates uh carriers toys bowls and they'll come pick it up uh, for you at your at your house. They do have a wish list on Amazon, which I think is a great idea. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's pretty much it. That's awesome. Yeah, I so, think those, those dogs are pretty cute. They are. They're very cute. But like you mm-hmm. said, it's you're getting into to uh, a project there. They are like yes. pro- project dogs. <laughs> when... Can be very rewarding though. But yeah. Oh, absolutely. So read about them. If this is something you're thinking of doing, read about it, call this organization, 
uh, talk to people who have done it just so that you know what, what you're getting into. Yeah. So my youngest son like loves, loves dogs, loves the animals. He's like the animal lover child of all time. And we went on a trip to the Dominican. So this one night, like after the evening's events and, and end of the night, we were kind of bored in a hotel room and I wanted to go for a walk down at the beach. And it was like one of the first nights that we were there. So my older son was like, oh, I'll come with you. So my older son came with me and we walked along the beach, like all the way down the beach. And we found this like nice spot where there were these hammocks. So I was like, oh, do you want to go like lay in the hammock and just like listen to the ocean? He's like, yeah. So we go onto the beach, we go to get in these hammocks. And then all of a sudden, I out of the corner of my eye, I see something and these dogs come. So I was like, oh my God, because like, I thought we were going to get like eaten alive. Like I was like, are these like wild dogs that are going to like <laughs> attack us? I was like, and so yeah. I like literally I'm protecting like my, my child. And I'm like, and I'm like, okay, hey, don't move fast. And like, because I didn't, I had no idea, right? Like I was just like, are we about to get hurt? Or like, what's the deal with these things? And so anyway, so we slowly like walked off of the beach and like they and stayed away from them stayed clear and there was um, a mom you could tell because like she had the uh the big swollen teats <laughs> and there was two like younger ones that were still like her pups that you can tell so she had her two babes and here I am protecting like my babe but so we backed <laughs> off there was like this stone wall separating like the resort like from the beach so we were on the other side of like the stone wall and they just like hung out and they were like laying in the sand together and they were sniffing around looking for stuff. And it just seemed like that this hammock spot was also like their hangout spot like at night. So I was like, oh, OK. Mm -hmm. Like so like after backing off for a bit, I was like, OK, you can kind of tell they're not like threatening and, and this sort of thing. So I texted my husband and I was like, oh, you let Maddox know like there's um, we found these dogs on the beach or whatever. So he's like, Maddox is on his way. <laughs> and I was like, OK, <laughs> so. So uh, my older son Ronan and I were standing there and Maddox is like literally like at a full on sprint and he came up. <laughs> so he's like out of breath and he's like, where are they? <sighs> and we're like, we're like right there. And he's like, and he's like, this is so sad. This is so sad. Whose dogs are these? And he was just like <laughs> in total like emotional upset over these dogs. And I was like, well, buddy, these are probably like wild like street dogs, you know, and uh, that hang around the resort for food. And he's like, well, let's get them some food. And so we went in and we got like, we found, you know, at these resorts, there's always food you can get from somewhere. So we tried to find some meat. We brought out a bowl for water for them. And then, like I said, do not get too close to these things, buddy. Like they're skittish and you don't know. And she's got babies. So like that's a mom. So be careful. And anyways, and then that became our thing every night. Maddox would room service like order food to our room for the dogs at night and we'd go for a walk down the beach and Maddox would feed the dogs Aww. so they got like a chicken breast like every single night from us and then <laughs> and then and I knew this was gonna start too he was like okay so now how do we get these dogs home with us and I was like nope <laughs> I'm nope. like nope we cannot do that buddy I'm so sorry but we cannot but anyways yes they were very sweet um, and it was a nice experience for us to have, but they are it. Well, I, not once did we lay hands on them. Like you just no. couldn't. And it, that and that was in and it literally an entire week of us coming to visit them every night and feed them. Lucky so, dogs. Lucky dogs. Do you have another organization, or is it? No, that was it. Okay, that was it for me. All right. So my next one that I found. Uh, I know I say this time and time again on uh, Let's Boop Snoots, but um, our phones listen to us and then show us what we want. <laughs> <laughs> and so I found this organization and they are in the States. Is it Michigan, I believe? Uh, and they are called Silver Muzzle Cottage. And these peeps, uh, they are an organization that works with shelters and pet owners. Yes, they are based out of Michigan and it's a volunteer based organization and they take care of people who surrender or for different reasons, a senior pets. So it's all like old dogs. They're so sweet. And Ooh. like the way they describe like some of their stuff here, like they, ha they also have a seniors for seniors program, which I think is like lovely. And same Aww. thing. They, so they, they, some of the volunteers um, take some of the senior dogs to visit nursing care facilities and um, 
Oh, I, it's just so cute. Like they, like the way they describe it on their website is like for the ones that are too old to even walk, like they just have these rooms full of beds where they can sleep and people just treat them very kindly and quietly and gently. And um, their mission statement is to provide senior disabled and hospice dogs the chance to live out the remaining lives with the love and dignity that they deserve, Aww. which I think is a noble and beautiful mission. So I just think that's sweet. And I was saying to Vero earlier, like who would, who would surrender their senior dog? That's like, I don't know. Like, like, I don't the, get it. What the boop is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine like, you know, turning you, my you, snoot to all you, these people. They, they're literally like the most giving of like animals like they're just unconditionally love you their whole lives and then to be like ah they're too old they can't do anything fun anymore like adios like it like that it just and I'm sure there's different reasons I'm making assumptions here and I'm being super judgy but they're just so sweet when they're old they are like they just want to sleep and they just want some pets and like it's now your turn to to unconditionally love them yeah I think scraps are pretty good. You know what I mean? Like I would have, there's, you know, you see the people who would do like anything for the dogs, like, you know, videos every day. There's like a video of this guy and his dog is afraid of escalators. So he like, it's like this ginormous, I think it's a golden retriever. So he picks him up (laughs) like a baby and carries him up the escalator. I would totally do that for my dogs. Like no matter what, like what age, (laughs) you know what I mean? But anyways, I find um, I decided to mention them just because that is a special niche of like dog rescue. And it is true. And then those those little oldie, oldie Bo Peep dogs need need some special like love and attention and care. Like sweet faces. So good for them. Yeah, they're little like gray mustaches and beards. And like cute. They're little gray faces. So that's a perfect name to Silver Muzzle Cottage. Like, I want to go there when I get old. <laughs> Maybe I used to I... call Wiggum Sugar Face. A sugar Face? <laughs> oh, a little salt and pepper. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do you have any more? Because I do have one. No. More. So I have one more left, but I feel like we can do a whole uh, episode on this because this is more of a company that combines, like, um, you know, a product with a charitable donation. So... We can wait. We can wait, but I kind of want to give them a mention since I just just did it now because I'm sure there's like a bazillion more. So I found this company again in my uh, research for this episode and they are a Canadian based uh, company and they're called Lucky Dog Coffee. So um, they've been brewing coffee for years and they decided to combine it with their love of um dogs and specifically uh pointer breeds so that would be like Magibs, the weimarana the vishla and the german short-haired pointer and so when you go on their website it's all these beautiful photos of i'm assuming it's their vishlas and um and they sell coffee subscriptions so the website is like excellently done Um, it's super cute. They have like the little like play on words with everything, like, you know, so like on, on the homepage, it's like with every cup, you help a pup. And it's like, (laughs) Hey, how are you all doing? And we're lucky dog coffee. And like, they describe, uh, describe themselves. And it's just so hilarious. Like even as like the, the members on their board, so they call it (laughs) board of directors. So they have Mesha, the executive director. It's uh, Vishla at four years young. Mesha has climbed her way quickly up the corporate ladder here at Lucky Dog. Her attentive <laughs> listening skills and eager to please attitude make her an asset to the team. <laughs> it's just like a super That's cutely, so yes, yeah, done done website. So a portion of all their proceeds goes goes to. And as soon as I found them, I was looking for a Christmas gift for my father in law, who is a lover of coffee. So I actually order through their website. So it's a uh, super easy to order. Um, you get to choose different bundles. You get to choose how you want your coffee, like whether you want whole bean or at what kind of grind you want if you want want it ground and then you get to choose which organization your proceeds go to so I of course chose the Ontario Weimarana Rescue and um and my father-in-law is getting like a awesome subscription for Christmas so to get 
try all these different coffees. So awesome. I just think that's a really cool company. And, and I know I've heard of like many others. So like I say, I think we've got like a whole episode there, but I just wanted to mention these guys because uh, I just went online and ordered today. And um, they do say that they are the bean Beyonce of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> See, I think they're cute. I think they're super, yeah. super, super, super cute. So check well, them I out. Just might get myself some coffee. I think you should. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I know there's like a ton of other um, companies and stuff just like it. So well, yeah, well, there's an ep- there's an episode there. But um, I think that concludes today's episode. Do you want to do a quick boop or snoot? Uh, I always want to do a quick boop or snoot. Because <laughs> I found something. And I'm not sure if you're going to boop or snoot. Okay. Just as a reminder to everyone, boop or snoot is when we pick a product and we either boop like, yeah, boop on the snoot, or we turn our snoots to it as in ridiculous. No. And, and that is the game of boop or snoot. All right. So I'm going to talk about the product. What you got? It's called... Whistle 360 degree pet tracking. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Explain. So there's the whistle, whistle go explore. So there's a location tracking GPS with Google Maps. So it's like this little square device thing that you can clip on your dog's collar. So in that, there's a tracking GPS with Google Maps. And it also monitors your pet's fitness and health. So fitness, it calculates the calories your dog burns, the distance that your dog walks throughout the day, and the minutes that your dog is active. And for health, um, it monitors the licking, the scratching, the drinking, and the sleeping. And there's a 24-hour monitoring system where it tells you when your dog ran, like how much your dog ran, played, walked, or nap. And there's a food portion calculator. And for a limited time, I don't know for how long, uh, you get Televet, so you get access to a vet. Whoa. Now, there's also the uh, whistle fit where you don't get the GPS portion of it. You just get the fitness and health. I was going to say, so what do you think? It's like a Fitbit <laughs> for dogs. <laughs> I know. <laughs> okay. I have a couple of more questions. I don't know if you have the answer to them, but do you have to pay like a monthly subscription to monitor this? Or is I don't it, think no, so. No, it's just an app you download and it keeps track of all this. It is. It's like a Fitbit for dogs. Yeah. So you have an app on your phone and... Oh, I forgot to mention with the the one, the Whistle Go Explore that has the GPS in it. Mm-hmm. Um, you also get notifications in your app when your pet leaves a designated safe area. Oh. So if your pet is outside like your, in your yard, yard area, your mm-hmm. house, um, you get a notification. So let's say you have like a dog walker. The dog walker arrives, brings your dog out. You'll get a no- notification. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um how much oh I don't remember okay that's a a good thing to know (laughs) let me look it up I think it was like 160 something yeah that might be worthwhile I mean like it's it's sort of the same as the as the Fitbit right like you wonder like how how, I want to know how they made this to determine whether your dog's going for a run or whether they're scratching their neck vigorously (laughs) Yeah. You know what I mean? That's the only thing that I'm kind of like. Uh, so it says here 110 plus the whistle 360 degree plan, which I'm not sure if that means that you have to, you have like a monthly fee. We'll see and that. then the one that only has the health and fitness portions is 67.96 plus the whistle 360 degree plan. Hmm. It sounds like maybe there's like a monthly fee. But it says here, oh, maybe it's a yearly plan. I think there's like a yearly fee. Oh, okay. So the Whistle 360-degree plan is $59.40 for a year for the health and fitness one. And then it is $95.40 
for the whole year for the one that has the GPS in it, mm -hmm. or 166.80 for two years. 166.80. So, so it's not it's pretty, so bad. Yeah. Like it's a little on the pricey side, and I I I hate the things where they like make you where they charge you for like a monthly or yearly subscription. Mind you, the yearly yes. one like is like a one-time thing. Ah, I don't know. I'm on the fence with this one. I know. I like the GPS portion yes. of it. Well, exactly. I think if, I, I would be curious to ask them on their sales. And if, I, I would imagine that the GPS one sells more than just the health and fitness one. Yeah. Because really, if you have a dog, you should have the time to like be there with your dog and see. Well, health and fit, <laughs> like you, health and fitness, you should be able to monitor. Like it's basically about weight. And if they're scratching and stuff, you're going to notice whether they have a skin condition. Like it's Yeah, thing. you it's should like, notice. Yeah. If you are too busy not to notice that, then you're yeah. going to be harsh here. But you probably shouldn't have a dog. <laughs> judge or snoots. <laughs> uh, I'm on the fence on this yeah, one. I don't I know. know whether to boop or snoot. Can we snoop? <laughs> snoop. <laughs> I might snoop this one. This might be a 50-50. Yeah. I know. I don't know. I'm I'm interested. I feel in... like I would buy it just for fun. I I would buy it just for fun, but if I'm buying something just for fun, it needs to be a little less pricey than that. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna. Snoop. I think it could be good for some people. Uh, the, the reason why I snoop this one I is because know. same thing with the GPS. If um if you do proper training with your dog, they should be listening to you, and you should be able to recall them anyways. Like your dog should be where you can see them um for safety and many other reasons but at the same time dogs are dogs and they don't always they aren't these perfectly controlled little beasts and even my dogs have escaped the yard when people come to the house for different services and stuff like that and the gate gets left open and then we let them out and then they take off into the neighborhood like it's it's definitely happened mm -hmm. so snoop snoop 50 snoop bitty bitty <laughs> yeah all right. And that is it. And that is it. Tune in next time on Let's Boop Snoots. Let's Boop Snoots. Bye. Bye.